Hey, what's up, everybody? Wasn't expecting that mild burp, if you heard that. Uh, that came out of nowhere. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Ramley Viking Podcast. And today, a Facebook post from a friend of mine prompted a thought process that I thought was worth an episode. And it's having to do with, I guess you want to call it today's generation. I'm 26 year old, so I see it as kind of the young adult population, but even younger than that. And, you know, it, it kind of prompted me deeper in the thought of the cancel culture. So specifically the Facebook post that let it all off. Basically, my friend was saying, if you, it doesn't matter what the topic is, so I'm not going to harp on that, but he says, if you disagree with me, uh, unfollow, unfriend, go ahead, get rid of, get out of my life. And I thought, I stopped for a second, you know, and I think we've seen that a lot with the Trump stuff. People talking about, oh, I got ex-friends, I got this and that. That they're not, you know, family members. Oh, I have to distance from them because they support Trump. And <clears throat> when you stop for a second and think about it, say, okay, somebody disagrees with me, and say it's a, something fundamental. So for me, a fundamental disagreement is so we can go, God is real. We can go, if we want to go out of religious, we can go. Um, you know, abortion is evil and wrong and should not be legal at all. Uh, let's see, what else? What else? Is you know, something like that. And there are only two genders. And so when you have something fundamental, it's understandable to be like, hey, look, I don't want to be around a bunch of people who disagree with me because that could be bad for you. It could lead to bullying, could lead to other things. But... When it comes to maybe friends or even acquaintances, coworkers, whatever you want to call it, when I have someone disagree with me, I want to say, well, why do you think that? Why do you think that? Because I know why I think the opposite of it or the descent to it, and I'm like, hmm, so here's what I think and why I think. But part of it's curiosity. I want to just – I'm just curious to know – what dig down why people believe what they want to believe because a lot of people will just I'm I'm super guilty of this a lot of people just repeat what pundits say but a lot of times I I am curious to know what the kind of the great uh, commentators thinkers whatever you want to call them of today think at least um, and because a lot of times because it they offer points and views that I maybe haven't thought of so that's always interesting to me. And it, it helps me form my opinion. Now, it's not one of those things where I hear what they say and say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I That's what I believe. It's more like I kind of build an opinion, but a lot of times I think, oh, maybe I haven't thought every angle, which super guilty of. And, you know, I get frustrated people when I listen, when I'll be listening to them talk about something like, you're missing this crucial viewpoint or something like that and it's frustrating but it happens and that and that's why we have need good conversation so basically and now his specific post was for blm says if you disagree with blm then unfollow me unfriend me etc and so i i actually just pulled it up specifically it says P.S. If you don't support BLM, unfollow me, unfriend me, block me, stay away from me. Now, something that I've actually wrestled with because I have moments like this where I'm reading something and it prompts a deeper, a greater, deeper thought for me and or, or triggers me down a thought process. And I, but I'm hesitant 
to do a whole podcast or do episodes on things that I read um, from my peers, specifically friends and things like that in my life because I think, well, those a lot of times could be people who end up listening to it and they hear me reference their thing and I don't want them to feel like I'm coming after them necessarily. And because it's not, I mean, in part, I, if I disagree with something they're doing and I say it, then, then that's kind of crappy on my part. But that's why I try and distance from the specificity of it, at least with this, and talk about it in a more general sense. This prompted a thought, a greater thought for me of, I think we see this a lot. We, we've, I mean, we've been seeing this a lot for the last four years. I can't believe it's already been four years since Trump was elected. Crazy. But it's... We've, we've seen more so with Trump, but now I think with the BLM thing, uh, we're seeing more. Because, so for me, if, you, if you're curious, since I brought it up, BLM. Sentiment is fine, albeit I think it's, <clears throat> I think I'm stealing this from Ben Shapiro when I say this, but Black Lives Matter, yeah. Uh, nobody's disputing that at all. And I don't think that's anything in serious dispute. So, just talking about the sentiment, Okay. So it's like, I don't disagree with the sentiment by any means, but nobody really does and nobody really has for a while. But it's just such a broad term. But the organization I do not align with and I disagree with. Um, They believe in eliminating the nuclear family, which, in my opinion, has been the personal downfall of, uh, has has played a key role in a lot of cultural problems in the black community. But... Uh, you know, it's it's sticky ground. Here's the thing that sucks too is like, because I'm not black, I can't talk about certain black things. But <clears throat> that gets attributed too far a lot of times. It's it, and I think it's a misconstrue of people think that we're talking like we are a part of that community. But no, I'm talking because there are certain things that you can objectively look at and make a reasonable conclusion on. And uh, don't take it from me. Take it from Candace Owens. Take it from Larry Elder. Take, I've I've heard plenty of of black commentators talk about this, and it's the fatherlessness in the home, the devolving of the nuclear family. Seventy five, basically a seventy five percent single uh, single mother rate. That is insane. So it does confuse me a little bit that they say we want to blow up the nuclear family when. Pun intended. No pun intended there, but pun made. They want to blow up the nuclear family, but in the black community, in a lot of ways, it already is. It's the government married to the mother and, you know, i.e. welfare and child support. But that's a different different thing for a different day. I'm getting sidetracked here. So this one, the big thing here was, if you don't support insert stance here... And we'll, we'll say it's a fundamental stance. Like, if you don't support Taco Tuesdays, we can't be friends. Like, no, this is like big, like, for me, it's like, if you don't support pro-life, if you're not pro-life, unfollow me, unfriend me. I see that and go, huh, I don't want to unfollow or unfriend you. Actually, what I want to do is I want to engage this conversation say, hey, I don't agree, I don't agree with. Uh, the BLM, uh, a lot of things about the BLM movement, burning black businesses and black communities down and um, the, the the skyrocket in crime and innocent black lives such as toddlers and babies being murdered and nobody talking about it at all. But we talk about criminals who fight the police and they are quote unquote murdered. Talking about Rashard Brooks there. He was not murdered. He was justifiably shot. And the more I've thought about this, the more I've looked into this, the more I've learned about this, the more I realize 
It is always unfortunate when a life has to be taken. However, there are certain circumstances where people make choices and they have to live with their choices and the choices can raise the risk that they might their life might be lost. And the choices of him to wrestle two cops, tase one, steal the taser, then try and turn around while running away and shoot the taser again, which would incapacitate someone and then make their weapon and all their other equipment vulnerable to being taken. Yeah, plenty of choices and things. There were plenty of choices in there that would have saved his, that would have kept him from losing his life, or at least the chances of him losing his life at a minimum. But here we are. Once again, I'm getting sidetracked. Ugh. Sorry, as you can tell, I feel pretty passionate about this. But anyways, I look at that and I say, isn't that the opposite of what you want to do? If you, if there's someone who doesn't support this movement, I know for me, if, if there's somebody who is pro-abortion, and I don't say pro-choice because the term pro-choice already reduces it down to less than a life. Some say pro-abortion because that's really what you are. You're pro-woman making a choice to keep the baby or not, which means dehumanizing this independent human life inside the womb to a convenience or a, a potential economic choice. Like you're, you're deciding someone else's life for them. And, and that's where, you know, we, we divide, we, we diverge. And so that's why I say pro-abortion. So who's pro-abortion? I don't say you're pro-abortion. Get out of my life. I don't. Now, you know me if you've been listening to the podcast by now that that's, well, that's not just not my style. You're like, duh, of course. But I don't, I think right now the young adults, by and large, a lot of people are, maybe not in the silent majority, but a lot of people take this other stance. Two problems with this. If you only around people you agree with, what is that called again? Oh yeah, an echo chamber and it causes problems. It leads to weak arguments. It leads to strong, because you have straw mans of the opposing argument. And then when you actually encounter them, you're not ready for it. It rocks your world because, oh, somebody can actually make a sound argument. And then you get really frustrated and emotional. And a lot of times it devolves to name calling and things like that. And you're not actually arguing about the point. And then, and then it hurts, you know, that, that human to human relationship that you may have in whatever capacity with that person. And that's a problem. So it just, and, I, and but I sit there and I think, okay, why, why is it this way? You know, why is our generation this way? And I think in part is what I just described right there. People don't know how to handle dissent. And if you're not familiar with dissent, which you should be, I, I grant everybody's smart enough to understand, but basically you're not, you can't handle the conflict of an opposing idea or ideology. This is why you see a lot of attack on conservatism. All conservatives being, uh, being painted as, as racist and the Republican is now the party of the races, even though, which I would dispute that, even though the Democratic, the Democrat party through the entirety of our history has been the party of racism and racists. So I don't want to, so, but that's once again, another episode for another day. But <clears throat> this, this thought to say, so I, if, if I came, when I come, when I come across pro-abortion people, I don't say, get away from me. I'm, I don't like unfollow me or block, or I'm going to block you. Leave me alone. I don't want to hear that. It's one thing. Now, let me, asterisks here this doesn't apply to all situations this is general thought for people able to have reasonable conversations because there may be other motivators here that could be like look i'm being verbally abused and it's not productive and i think there's a clear line if someone just starts attacking you personally block them because that's not getting anything done uh but try and respond with reason attack their arguments not the person but nonetheless i see that and i say why do you think that way because 
here's what I, and I lay out why I'm pro-life and say, this is why I believe abortion is wrong. And this is why I believe the evidence points to that and try and make some sort of ground because what ultimately, and I tweeted this earlier today. So when you think of, think about when you thought, here's a thought exercise, try and think about a time when your mind was changed about something, anything, it could be as small as pineapple on pizza, like something. I think to food, like maybe it's, maybe it's you had a prejudgment about food and you hate, hate, hate it. And, but then someone finally convinces you to try it and you're like, oh man, this is actually good. I've, whoops. Uh, some people might secretly go, it's still gross, but secretly like it. <laughs> I think we might, maybe we've all done that just cause we don't want to be wrong, but you know, that's kind of a trivial matter. But think about it. anytime your mind has been changed on anything, has it because is, is it due to avoidance? And then eventually you come to inclusion. Now it could be, but ultimately even if you're avoiding it publicly, privately, you may be pursuing it. You may be curious about it. You may be doing your own research. You may be listening to people on the other side, but maybe not outwardly. So nonetheless, is it from confrontation or avoidance? Is it, are you confronted with the opposition? And then the opposition and then your position, you see where these two positions butt heads and then you can look at all the evidence and you can maybe make a decision and say, okay, maybe I wasn't totally right on this. Maybe I'm even a little bit wrong or, Hmm, maybe there is something to the other side and maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe both sides are even necessary. I mean, I see that when kind of like liberal versus conservative in a lot of ways, not like leftism that we devolved that our Democrats have devolved into, but like you need to have, I'm not going to say good and evil, but, um, you know, day and night, like you can't, if, if it was always day, there wouldn't technically be day or night, you know, you kind of need to, it's the yin and the yang concept and not to get too, um, hippie on you here, but you, you, you kind of want both sides. It, it causes an even balance. And then un, it, it's always been from an interaction, not from a blockade, putting up a wall, literal or metaphorical or um, uh, or going the other direction, getting away from it. And so, I don't know, I, I read this post and I thought, man, that, first of all, that's harsh. That is really harsh. Like, first things first with that sort of mindset is you're not even allowing a conversation. You're saying this is non-negotiable. Don't even talk to me. Now, in terms of like your voting power, I agree with that. When honestly, my, my big, huge, huge point for me is are you pro-life or not? And I would have a really, really hard time voting for somebody who's not just pro-life through and through. Like now maybe there's Dave Rubin who says up until, I don't know, six or eight weeks or 12 weeks where I could maybe vote for him. But I'm still like, that's, that's a pretty fundamental belief for me and pretty hard line issue. And this could be a hard line issue too. And I think it's fine to have it a hard line issue as a vote. But as far as like excommunicating experience, expelling people from your life just seems so harsh. And I, I just look at that and say, why would you even want to be that way? First of all, because that's just going to fill you with more hate and more of a grudge. And you're not like, you're not going to, it's, it's going to hurt you personally. Like it's going to make you more of a hateful person in a lot of ways. And I don't like to use the term hateful, but that's what it's going to it's make you more of an angry or resentful person. You're going to be on edge. You're going to be skeptical of people. It's going to make you it's not going to help your psyche at, at least from that aspect. And so that's my dog sleep, sleep dreaming right now. So those are sleep marks. <laughs> oh my gosh. And 
it's not going to it's not going to help you at all. But then also just in like a in terms of a general public forum discussion or non-public just to, in terms of a discussion of ideas to help each other grow and maybe help people come to some sort of middle ground common ground and or maybe even start plant the seed that might change someone's mind on something and that's completely cut off right then and there the ground is salted and you can't you can plant a seed all and, and no seed can be planted no no roots can grow to have a tree of change in this person's mind on this subject and it's it's disheartening but once again, how I opened the show, it brought me to this point of, okay, why is it this way? Why are we this way? Or what causes it? And I think it's a, it's a we don't understand how to handle conflict. Cause, so what do you see now? You see that, right? If you disagree with me on blank, get out of my life. It's very visceral and emotional. And I think it's a, it's, it's kind of a two-parter. In f- maybe there's some subconscious fear that we might be wrong because we all hate to be wrong. I hate to be wrong, but but you're better for being able to admit you're wrong when you, and when you are wrong. And so I think there's a subconscious fear of being wrong. I we don't nobody wants to be wrong, and 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 then there's an emotion with you know maybe we feel so deeply about this or this person connected to us that we don't want to hear the other side. But that has never. <clears throat> but like I said, that doesn't help anything. And so I think our the young adult generation coming up now has a real problem with conflict in that we get very emotional. So when I say something, someone's like, well, I believe abortion. So for me, say it's like, well, you know, abortion's wrong. They're like, well, no, I'm fine with abortion up to birth. You know, I basically what it would be me saying is if you say you're in my house, get out. Or if we're at a public place, well, I got to go see you. I can't talk to you. Well, that seems wrong. I guess I, I put it in like a face-to-face interaction. Like, would you just walk away from someone like that? You might go, oh. But what do we see a lot of times? We see yelling and screaming and people get very emotional and they don't even, they don't even hear reason. They go, they go full, uh, they go full like shark attack mode. Their eyes roll back in their head and they can't hear or see anything. They just see red and they're raging. What is that a sign? So anytime, how I, how kind of I broke this down is I looked at that and said, okay, when else do we see that in life? Hmm. Sounds to me like. And I'm not trying to belittle these people, but we we see that I'm hitting on this as a point of uh, it's like instinctual and it's not really it is an immaturity thing, maybe an emotional or an intellectual immaturity. But it's but we see that in like toddlers, you see that in young children when they don't get their way. What happens? They, they throw a tantrum. And I thought about this as you know, in a lot of ways this is kind of like a tantrum. It's like I'm sitting here playing with my toys and if you don't want to play with me or you you want me to play this other game get out like i don't want to play like you yell at them like leave leave me alone like, oh okay my bad and it's just like well hmm and and so when you think about it that way it's once again i'm not trying to belittle anybody i'm just trying to i'm thinking through this myself because i'm trying to figure out the root of the problem because anytime you get to the root of the problem you can get to or problem you get to the root of something you can figure out okay, how do we approach this then? How does this maybe get changed? Because you don't solve any problem. Obviously, you don't solve any problem by just saying, if you disagree with me, get out. 
but if we say, well, why, why am I this way? Why, why are people being this way? And I think there's just, there's a lot of hate and hurt in this country right now. And I think it's a big, big part of it. And that there's not enough olive branches being extended or when there are olive branches being extended, they're being shot with a flamethrower and burned to a crisp. They're not being considered, even considered. It's like, Hey, I'm reaching all metaphorically reaching an olive branch to like to you. We disagree on some reaching an olive branch because we if we come together. You know, we may be we won't get 100 percent of what we want, maybe, but we could maybe get 60 or 70 or 80. Um, sounds, you know, what do they call it? Oh yeah, compromise. Oh, isn't that what our country was built on? The founding fathers disagreed about a lot of things, and we had the Articles of Confederation for like 12 years before we had our constitu- our current constitution. A lot of people probably don't even remember that from school. We had an initial form of government that didn't really fly that well. And then and then and then we got our constitution. But it was built upon compromises. People would come in and they had vastly different ideas and they disagreed and they would they would honestly berate people a little bit, but berate each other a little bit, but ultimately it was an it was it was a fight of of ideas and ideals and but they ultimately came to, I think, the best conclusion. Like anytime, like getting through conflict tempers you, if you to, to use like a, a blacksmith, tempers it and makes it stronger, something more sturdy. You know, when you put something through the fire, it gets better. But if you just put it in the corner, and it, the rust will spread and the deterioration will continue and it won't get stronger. It'll get weaker. It'll get more brittle. And... So this post is just disheartening because we're seeing that so much. And the softy in me, I'm like, oh, one, I had, I had two like gut responses. One was like, I'm fine with the sentiment, but I don't agree with the organization because X, Y, and Z. And then it's kind of just maybe adding, and I don't, but I don't want to unfriend or unfollow you because what good is that going to do? It's just going to create more division. But then, honestly, I'm a little bit hesitant to even say anything because, and the, it's becoming more and more like that. Where I realize, man, if I keep just kind of talking my normal stuff, I'm good chance I'm probably gonna start losing. If you want to call them friends, I don't think they're. I think they are friends because a lot of times, you say, well, friends, you know, if you lose friends over being a Trump supporter or voting for Trump, then they weren't really friends. Maybe they were. Maybe they're just really confused, or they've been brainwashed by this ideology of cancel culture and and creating our own echo chambers because we can't even stand to be in the same room not even be associated be in the same room as somebody who disagrees with us tell me does that sound emotionally intellectually mature or does that sound like a three-year-old so i i you know i prompted this thought and i want to do this episode and but my thought in the back of my brain about this whole thing is all right I can I can get on here and I can talk about this and I can complain about this and kind of you know show my breakdown of it and people can tell me if they think I'm accurate or not. Um, but ultimately, how do because my what is my ultimate goal that I've talked about was oh you know I want to get past this want to want to maybe move away help people move away from this and not do this basically say like don't don't jump off that ledge like come back come back. So how do I tie that into the final message? Is basically say is like look don't alienate people you disagree with. Don't be afraid. Because here's something that I've learned. For instance, if you if you work through your beliefs and you have a firm foundation, guess what? Conflict isn't so scary anymore because you know why? You you have sound. Uh, so your ideology is sound. Like you have 
good footing. And I think part of this is maybe people don't really have good footing. They just see what's going on. They buy into it and they say, okay. And then, and then on top of that, they're also told, well, you know, don't associate with these people because they're this way. I mean, how many red pilled Democrats have you heard be like, you know, who's the most accepting of me and who's always willing to talk with me? Conservatives. You know, who's always wanting to go on Dave Rubin's show, the classic liberal shout out Dave Rubin conservatives are always it's always conservative people that want to talk to him and he invites people on the left but people on the left never want to have conversations and anytime you see this an avoidance like that you think something's up because if you truly if you if you felt if you feel strongly about something and you feel you the, the stance you hold on whatever it is is the correct stance or or the best stance even. And we'll say that because not just to make it a dichotomy of right and wrong, but just say the best stance, the appropriate stance, whatever you want to call it, the most appropriate stance, is if you feel you hold that way, shouldn't you stand strong, stand firm and say, no, 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 you're wrong because X, Y, and Z. Here's why my stance is best or what have you, and lay it out for people, lay out the facts and let them decide for themselves. And if they want to outright reject them, then they can outright reject them. But this move, this does none of that. This, this actually shows the complete opposite of that. And whether they mean to or not, I think it's, they're sold the lie that if you even talk to or associate with these people, you're giving them a platform. What is, how have bad ideas been defeated throughout history? Have, is it because they've been alienated? No, that makes people dig their heels in. It's not because they've been alienated. It's because bad ideas are confronted and put out in the daylight to see in all their shame, to see how ugly the bad ideas are. And people say, that's ugly. No. And then when it's revealed for what it is, then it gets thrown out. When you turn on the lights and see that that's a pile of garbage, you put it in the garbage. You don't get rid of the pile of garbage by closing the door, locking the door, boarding the door up, boarding the windows, and never going in that room again. Because there's something I don't like in there. Like, any analogy I come up with, it doesn't make sense. It is it is the antithesis. Like, it's the exact opposite of what you should do. When people disagree with you, approach... And so I guess this is more of a plea to my peers, really anybody listening, to let's not give in to that idea that... If I disagree with, like, if I have plenty of friends who are Democrat, my own, my older brother is, is a Democrat and, and, or liberal, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, he's, he's left leaning and I'm, and we disagree, but we have really good conversations where we find our common ground. Cause you probably have more common ground. And you know, at the end of the day too, I'll go back to this. I know I've said this politics isn't everything. It's people are just kind of, we're just all just people trying to live. And when you can see and keep that in focus, when you're discussing with someone or looking at someone maybe you disagree with and talking with someone you disagree with, it's it's gonna it's gonna put up a certain level of respect that you're not gonna step out of, a boundary of respect, if you will. That there's gonna be a certain bounds that you'll stay within. For me, I always try and attack the ideas and not the person. Until you give me a reason not to. Until I'm it's happened to me a couple times on Twitter. I attack an idea and they call me this, that, and that and the other, and part of it is they're making assumptions about me, but also, they're just trying to like shame me. And I'm like, guess what? I always come back with, huh? Well, I was just trying to have an honest, open discussion. And uh, I assumed we were all going to be respectful of each other. But I see that that's not the case. And you know, one guy said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Didn't know? 
How about you give me respect, give me the benefit of the doubt, until I give you reason not to? And I think that's what you do here. For instance, if you're a BLM supporter, and you see people that aren't, and they're like, ah, anti-BLM, don't say unfollow, unfollow, friend, block, or go and say, you're you're racist, bye. Say, hey, why don't you, say, why don't you support BLM? Tell me. And maybe what you'll find is that there's some, or why don't you support X? Sorry, back out from BLM, because I don't support BLM. We've talked about that. For me, it's, okay, why are you with BLM, the organization? Because I've, I've done my research on the founders, seeing they're trained Marxists, which is a problem, because Karl Marx, isn't he the Communist Manifesto? Communism has killed more millions than... Uh, we care to count at this point the tens of the millions, the 30 of millions. It's uh, Venezuela into poverty, Stalin. Yeah, China. Yeah, communism just isn't great. It doesn't work. Maybe it's cool in theory, but it doesn't... Yeah, so that's that's a problem because that fundamentally goes against our country's founding and beliefs, which, by the way, was not founded in racism. No, no, no. The principles our country was founded on are right and just. This is a classic case of you have imperfect people trying to live up to a perfect standard. And guess what? The founding fathers weren't perfect by no means, and yes, they were slave owners, but so were most aristocrats back in that time. Almost all, really. And I'm not justifying what they're doing. I'm saying there's a certain separation here where you can say imperfect people did a did great deed here. Extremely deeply flawed people can do something, can put something in place, put that'll set wheels in motion to flesh out, to get out the bad flesh, the infected flesh, if you will. If you're talking about this like a wound, right? Like you can, you can start to spray the disinfectant or disinfectant, the antibiotic, the whatever, to start to clean out the wound. You can start to rinse it out to, you can get the wheels in motion. You can call the doctor to say there's a wound here and the doctor comes in and does that. And the doctor can be those principles and ideals that this country was founded upon. That all men are created equal. Guess what? They didn't live up to that standard. They were super hypocritical as sitting there writing that. And then literally while I have slaves at home, that is the most hypocritical thing you can do, but they still did it. And some of them, even had, you had to think they had to have some sort of qualm with that inner kind of wrestling with, well, but is this right? But is this isn't? But maybe, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe some of them didn't think about it. But ultimately, it was what was laid in place wasn't people, wasn't based on, like, it wasn't a person that did this, but it was these principles, it was these ideals that did it. And that they're there, they're set in place. They are right and just. They can't be hypocritical. The people who, you know, are a part of the governance that created them or that run them today, they, yeah, absolutely flawed. We all have our biases. And so it was extremely hypocritical, but guess what? They wrote it down and you go one, two generations down and honestly one and a half and then all of a sudden, those principles come to fruition. And we're Frederick Douglass, um, who, who made a famous speech talking about, I don't celebrate the July 4th until the slaves are freed. Which, yeah, guess what? The slaves are freed. And we do have equality. It's not equity in, in terms of, yeah, there's still vast, deep problems. But the systemic, systemic problems are not so systemic anymore. 
and we need to figure out how we can come together as a community about it. But I, I think that's where I'm going to close it out today and just try. It's hard sometimes. So I'll go and I'll try and read some. I've tried reading Vox and I just can't. I mean, I can, ugh, they're real rough because they're just totally cuckoo. But read it. I try and actually follow. Like I follow AOC, Ilhan Omar. I follow the squad. I follow Bernie Sanders. I follow Joe Biden. I follow all those people to see what they're saying and see, okay, that's actually what they Because when you see it from the horse's mouth, that's when you can fully under, best understand it. And you can either, it'll either reinforce your ideals, meaning, oh, that's where that's wrong. And this is why I believe what I mean. And then give you the opportunity to engage it. Or it'll say, hmm, maybe you have a point there. And maybe I might shift a little bit. Do you see how that's better? It takes a little bit of grit, a little bit of thick skin. It, it's tough. I'm not saying it's always fun. It's always easy. But you always come out the other side being better for it. And with this show, if you disagree with me, please, let's talk about it. In, in a respectful way, absolutely. Now, respectful doesn't mean we can't talk openly and bluntly. But I say respectful as in you respect me as a person, I'll respect you as a person. If I do something disrespectful, then, you know, and I, and I lose some of that respect. But then I say, call me out on it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. And have you seen it? Have you been a victim of losing friends, family members, or maybe just acquaintances to... The whole idea of if you disagree me with disagree with me on X and get out of my life doesn't help you doesn't help them if you're that person doing that it doesn't help you at all it doesn't help them at all it doesn't help the overall social health if you want to call it that the community health when people start doing that so let's not do it but I think that's enough on that holy crap that was half an hour well. I love to know all, any and all your thoughts. The Rambling Viking at gmail.com. That's the Rambling Viking at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter. I'll be honest, I don't really use Twitter that much. I should maybe get back into it, but uh, it's it's at Rambling Viking is, is the handle, so if you want to engage there. But seriously, I'd love to know any and all your thoughts on anything I brought up today. Anything. You can be the founding, it can be BLM, it can be abortion, whatever, or it can be the topic of what I actually talked about, why we can't handle dissent. And seeing if there's emotional immaturity there that we have to figure out how to get over. I don't know why my generation is that way. Well, probably smartphone problems. It makes you less personable. Um, oh, something I totally forgot to bring up. Sorry. Fake clothes. Is just real quick. Also, what, we, what we're seeing too is you don't see people approaching each other about it anymore. We go and we post about it. And we go publicly. Or we start videoing. Instead of me going to you and talking man to man, man to woman, whatever, person to person and saying, all right, let's talk about our disagreement here. I'm going to say, I can't believe so-and-so, or I'm going to subtweet you and say, this isn't okay, and, and rant on it and publicly shame them. I think that's part of the problem too. Try and, now, you can engage them. If it's happening on social media, yeah, you can at them, you can do whatever and, and try and talk with them, but we've, we've lost a lot of that. Like, I'm going to go directly to you. And let's talk about it. And then maybe if they say something too crazy, you're like, all right, I got to get other people involved. But yeah, that's the last thing I'm going to say. So let me know any of your thoughts. Connor, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. If you just want to come on and talk about it, we can do that. Because I know emails can be, um, you know, to really try and flesh out these ideas, it can be a lot on email. And if anyone else is interested in maybe coming on and being a guest, we can set that up. Just let me know. Thanks.